Who hasn't been there? You got a kid who's totally dysregulated and you don't know how to stop it. Well, we're diving in to just how to calm a dysregulated kid in five steps. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're continuing our conversation about self-regulation. And we're talking about how to calm a kid who maybe is shut down or angry and just what to do. So let's dive in. This is one of my top questions I get, whether people are working in my one-to-one brain behavior reset program. They're messaging me. They're all over on every different platform. You all want to know, how do you calm a dysregulated child? This is across the developmental spectrum. I always say that it seems so easy to understand when a toddler dysregulates, right? They don't have a lot of life experience. But boy, do we get really annoyed when... A failure to launch 20-something dysregulates or even our 10-year-old dysregulates. We sort of have these developmental expectations of how good people should be at self-regulating our emotions, our attention, our cognitive, all the different components. And some people are more skilled at it than others. But as we learned, these are skills that can be built, whether we're talking about the direct interventions, but also the strategies. And these are strategies parents can do at home. But let's get into the meat of this sandwich. Let's get into now you understand what does a neurodivergent brain look like? What's the basics of self-regulation and the different intervention and strategies? But let's get into real world. How do we manage when it's a poop show, when our kid really is that dysregulated kid and you just don't know what to calm them, how to do it? And I think you're starting to understand all those strategies. Nothing's immediate. Some of the brain tools really help our kids to regulate really quickly. So when you are in our program and you're doing our Calm PEMF, which you can purchase on your own. You don't have to be in the program. It's our FDA regulated device that regulates the nervous system. It's amazing. It's what I use every day and pretty much everybody in my family does. Or you're doing neurofeedback. There are other strategies and tools that we layer on. It's a very deep, comprehensive program. It is so much more than neurofeedback and starts with the diagnostic piece. So if you're interested in working one-to-one or you just want to find out what does Dr. Rowe have in her closet that will help me? And I joke because I always am like, let's look in the closet. What do we have? But I have a lot of different resources for families, including our Combrain community, including our parent kits. And you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. And you're going to be matched to the solution for where you're at, whether it's what you can afford, where you live in the country, what you need, because maybe you don't need to work one-on-one. There's lots of different strategies, but it all starts with a really simple quiz that will get to where you need to go. So let's talk about the steps to calm a dysregulated child. Because number one, you know, I'm going to say it every time. You got to put your own mask, oxygen mask on and you have to calm the heck down. How do you do that? What does that look like? So I think one of the first things to do actually is step two. Don't argue or fact fight with an emotionally dysregulated child. In the perfect world, in step one, you're doing things proactively 
to regulate your nervous system. You take in, oh, here it is. You're taking my multi-mag brain formula. I took my bath last night. I got a great night of sleep. I worked out today. It's the weekend. I did all kinds of things to keep my nervous system lubricated. We can't just be like, oh yeah, stress is stress. I'm just going to deal with it. It becomes much harder, particularly when we're you know in a perimenopause or a menopausal state and our horm- whatever hormone is going on with you, it's going to become a lot harder to regulate. Take care of yourself. Tend to your own mental and physical garden and don't run yourself on empty. We run ourselves on empty all the time. So fill in your own cup. Start with 10 minutes a day. I don't care if you have to hide in a garage. I don't care if you have to hide in your car. Whatever you got to do, breath work, meditation, PMF, eating cleaner, using the magnesium, do it. But when we our child is dysregulated, the worst thing we can do is fact fight with them. And that's just getting into the weeds. Well, you said this and you did that. And I don't agree. You're both going to be pissed off. Don't do it. Don't go there. Again, if you're not doing it 80% of the time, great job. If it happens in the 20%, please be kind to yourself and go and apologize to your child. You're like, what, Roseanne? But they were so nasty. No, you got to apologize. You got to go and say, listen, I should not have done that. We shouldn't have gotten to an argument. And I apologize for my part. Maybe you'll get an apology. Maybe you won't. But you're role modeling what you want your kid to do. Don't go in with an apology. I recently had apologized to somebody because I said something that upset them, even though it was nothing. I was a friend. I did not intend to. It wasn't anything hurtful. But they got like, I'm calling it whatever Jersey Shore level of getting crazy. I sent an apology and didn't expect one. And I didn't get one. So that friendship is over. But (laughs) it's a different story. We're not blood relatives. But don't apologize and expect somebody to apologize back. Do what you think is right. And that's what you're supposed to do. Whatever religion you are, my religion, I'm Christian. I just try to do the right thing and call it karma, call it whatever you want. I operate from a place that I do what I feel like I'd like other people to do for me. If it doesn't work out that way, I can never feel bad about doing the right thing, but we want to do that. So instead of arguing, once you've cooled down, you're going to look for clues. You have to start thinking, why did this happen? What were the feeders to this? Take that 360 aerial view, put your detective hat on and think about why is this happening? Number three step, don't personalize the behavior. It is the kiss of death. I put fact fighting first, but we often personalize the behavior, right? So you have this dysregulated kid, if they're that overstimulated, sympathetic, dominant kid, you know, you might use some potty words. They might say something that really pisses you off, right? Like it makes you so angry. You might go right for it. Don't go there. Even though they're displaying these behaviors, they're reacting. They're not thinking about what they're doing. Truly, nine times out of 10, kids are operating in this sort of subconscious way, especially our neurodivergent or kids with mental health issues. They're reacting. They're not thinking things through. And it means they're not personalizing the behavior. So go back and listen to my kid didn't do this on purpose because I find it really helpful to understand that. Hey, parents, are you navigating the challenges of raising a child with ADHD, anxiety, or behavioral issues? Well, I've created a webinar just for you, Self-Regulation Parenting Strategies. And in this webinar, we're 
going to explore practical tools to help your child manage their emotions, increase focus, and of course, improve behavior. We'll dive into techniques that are not only effective, but nurturing and supportive for your child. Parenting is a journey, and you don't have to walk it alone. Register for this free workshop at drrosanne.com forward slash regulated and join a community of parents just like you who are looking for effective and natural solutions to help your child thrive. That's D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com forward slash regulated. I always talk about being proactive instead of reactive. So proactivity versus reactivity. When we are thinking about our kids' behavior and trying to not personalize things, what can we do to proactively set up the behaviors we want? Now, again, that doesn't mean avoiding stress, but like, hey, we're going to go to X, Y, and Z place, which is stressful. You, Some kids can handle, what do you think would be helpful? Especially if you've been talking like this. What I would do if new to this, I'd break it down to two things. We could eat a turkey sandwich now, or we could have guacamole and chips, whatever it is, because you know that they're going to dysregulate because they didn't eat, or they're going to go there and they're going to be so stimulated and they're not going to eat, and then it's going to be a poop show later. So start being proactive. It's super helpful. And when you start thinking and being proactive, it helps reduce those feelings of their acting this like this on purpose. You know, you're not going to get mad at your car for running out of gas when you forgot to fill it up. It's that same thing. So let's think about things and strategies and not personalized behavior. And that's what it's about. Number four, don't assume your child knows what they should do. This is a tricky one. So sometimes our kids, particularly like when the kids have periods of flares, whether it's from pans or just from stressors, like So they have OCD and there's a really bad OCD period and then it gets better or they have anxiety or they have ADHD and there's ups and downs, right? So in the lulls where it's not as significant, you know, that can happen because of stress. That could happen because of food. That could happen because of infectious disease. There's a lot of reasons. We think that our kids in those higher periods should automatically know what they should be doing. They might not have the skills. And it might not have been reinforced enough. So we often don't know how much it takes to actually reinforce a behavior to, so that it occurs at an innate level. So it takes 34 times of doing something when you have a typical brain to master it at an innate level. As soon as you have a learning and processing problem, it's three times. So it's 100 times. Hello. So we want to make sure that we're being explicit, we're giving them the skills, and we're building stress tolerance. Because if you're not building stress tolerance, they're not going to know what to do when the stressors happen. They're going to go into one mode, anxiety, stress, freak out, whatever it is, anger. That is the way their brain is going to go. Remember, don't personalize these behaviors. It's really, what is the brain learning? And that's why we have to say, okay, do they know what they're doing? Do they have the skills? We have to look at it. And ultimately, it's about fostering coping and problem-solving skills. What can you do that is going to prevent the dysregulation from the first place? So your kid is a hot mess. 
they're angry, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to try to regulate yourself. Everybody's response to the behavior is a little bit unique. So some kids dysregulate and sometimes a hug will regulate them. No, giving your kid love does not mean you're telling him it's okay. It means I love you. And sometimes just that can help to regulate. And then you can have great conversations about problem solving, different ways to manage stress. Maybe you go into a role play. Only do these things when they're regulated. Don't do any of these things. Don't try to teach your kids something when they're dysregulated. Don't try to blame them when they're dysregulated. Certainly don't do the fact fighting. Give them a lifeline and also try to be proactive. So just like I said, you know, we're not personalizing the behavior. Soon as you start to see little behaviors creep up, try to be as proactive as possible. Just like a teacher in a classroom, you know, they're like a maestro. When they start to see something happening, they might reinforce another kid. You don't have that same luxury. They might be like, here, Joey, I'm going to send you down the classroom with these books. Know that they benefit from sensory feedback. So when you remove that sense and think about how can I reinforce the brain? How can I support sensory systems? And how can I let my child who's freaking out or shut down regulate? Think about 15 or 20 minutes. Most nervous systems will reset in about 20 minutes. And if conversation that is helpful, not full of fact fighting or blaming, but is there to maybe give one or two options about different things they could do or to reinforce what they did. Maybe they, for the first time, said, I'm going to walk away. I don't want you to talk to me for 20 minutes. You can come back and say to your child, hey, thank you for letting me know what you need. Now, let's try to figure out some ways so that you don't feel so stressed. And they, you know, these are times where things can open up. Whenever we remove the stigma of dysregulation and we find ways to give them coping skills, problem-solving strategies, and ways for them to reset their own nervous system, this is how we deal with a dysregulated kid. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. And we covered a lot in this self-regulation series from the basics of self-regulation to different strategies and interventions and just what to do when it's a poop show, when your kid really is dysregulated. That's what we talked about today. And I hope I inspired you to feel powerful and to take action. And it's those daily micro actions that help your kids be stress layers, have great coping and problem solving skills that serve them today and in the future. And that's what we want for our kids. We want them to be happy. And it starts with self-regulation. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 